1: Blog Talk Radio
0: to the Child Whisperer podcast today. This is Carol Petdle, your host. I'm the author of the best-selling book, The Child Whisperer. And you're in the right place if you're wanting to create happy, successful, and cooperative children and raise them to that outcome. Thank you for joining me today. I am taking live calls. The phones are open, and I look forward to supporting you in your parenting goals. You can dial in at 347-677-1963. And then hit the number one on your phone to speak to me. Today we're going to be talking about, are you at wit's end with bedtime challenges? I know it's going to speak to a lot of moms. You're going to get a lot of help from today's show. And let's start with the success story before we get into today's topic. And this success story was very um, touching to me. It came from a gentleman that follows my work. And he writes, Dear Carol, please continue your work on enhancing child-parent relationships early and middle childhood development, and I was blessed to spend over 20 years in the classroom with older youth and their parents. As a behavioral psychologist and life coach with over 35 years of experience, I have always believed that continuous positive reinforcement will work in almost every application. I wish everyone referred to children as children and not as kids. This stems from my personal belief that we are all children of a loving Heavenly Father. Again, please keep up... Please keep up a full head of steam as you help the world love the precious spirits who have been sent to lead us into the future. What happens in the home reaches out to society and shapes cities, states, and nations. Dr. Ron Clark. Thank you, Dr. Ron Clark. I agree completely that what happens in the home becomes a catalyst of what's happening in our communities and our societies our cities, states, and nations, as you so beautifully said. I appreciate your taking time to write me and share your sentiments, and thank you for the good work that you're doing. Now, before we get into today's topic, I am really excited about next week's topic. I want to invite you to tune in next week because I'm going to share on a topic that I'm very, very passionate about that I feel is incredibly relevant for women, and especially moms. And here's just three things you can look forward to learning in next week's show. The first thing is how what you're wearing every day can affect your parenting. I'm one of the few people, I don't know if there's anybody else that looks at this like I do, but you're going to learn why what you wear every day and why it's affecting your parenting. And then the second thing we're going to talk about next week is how to bring out your inner beauty. And the third, one thing to help you feel more confident about yourself, so it can model self-confidence and a healthy self-image for your children, especially for the the girls in your life, your daughters. You know your personal opinion of yourself, which you think is, you know, I don't. I'm gonna. I want to talk about next week how you're teaching your children to model whatever per, your personal opinion about yourself, your body, your appearance, and who you are as a woman, as a human being, you are teaching your children how to develop their personal opinion about themselves. And there's a lot of disconnects that we don't see that our children are picking up on that we're not connecting on. As you connect on those and you start to see where you're modeling that, how you're modeling that, what message you're conveying in an unspoken and often spoken way, and why you want to change that. Look forward to next week because I'm really excited about next week's topic. And I'm really excited about this week's topic too because bedtime is a daily occurrence. Like I've said many times in my life as a mom, dinner comes around way too often. I think it should only be about three times a week. Well, I probably we could say that about bedtime. It comes around way too often. It's every day. And so, if it's challenging, it's a stressful point of the day. If it's not going well, it's a stressor. And it's kind of a lousy way to end your day with a challenge with a bedtime challenge you'd have a great day with your children, and then, bam, bedtime hits and it can just fall all apart. So let me help you with that. And I've got some great questions that have come in on this topic. You're also welcome to call me on this topic or any other that you want to talk about today. And I'd love to help you. But first of all, I have an episode called um, Troubleshooting Nap Time, Tips to Help Your Child Take a Nap. That's a really good resource. So that's a podcast episode. You'll find it in the archives for the podcast. And then a Child whisper blog post, How to Help Your Child Have a Happy Bedtime Every Night. So check those resources out to supplement what we're going to talk about today. Because this is a topic that we have visited before. And um, we're doing it again because we got a lot of questions on it. So this mom wrote in, Carol, we are still struggling with bedtime. I am a type 3 and I just got your Child whisper book and have been reading and slowly implementing it. So for my son, who is four years old, shows signs of being either a Type 1-4 or a 4-1. I'm not certain yet. He also seems to have some Type 3 in him, but it isn't supported in his facial features. Despite recent changes, bedtime is still awful. We've got a decent routine set up. He chooses the order of events for getting ready, and we space each step out so he has time to play in between. But the last step is going potty, and that's when the trouble begins. After he goes potty, he goes nuts. He starts shrieking, running, laughing like crazy, changing into, charging into siblings. It doesn't matter if bedtime is 6 p.m. or 9 p.m. This is the result. I've been telling him to calm down and knock it off. This is awful, I know. As it goes against honoring his true nature, I just don't know what else to do. First of all, parents are going to say things like that, calm down and knock it off. I mean, that just comes with the territory. Don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> I'm sure I've said calm down and knock it off. Or what? what what's not working is that's that's a uh, quick fix. You're trying to fix something by being disciplinary, by getting angry. As I imagine when you're saying calm down and knock it off, you're, you're starting to get upset at this point. So when we use anger to motivate our children, that's, that's what gets um, wounding. That's what gets messy for our kids. And so as you've described here, this order of things, oh, I think you got to simplify the whole bedtime thing. That just seems like a lot. That's a, that looks like a big project when you're saying that you have a, the order of advance of getting ready and we space each step out so we have time to play in between. Um, that just seems like a lot of work. The first, the last, and then the last step is going potty. And I, I'm just getting my impression of this is it, it feels heavy to me and it feels overwhelming for both parties involved, parent and child. So how can you reduce getting ready for bed to be, Take a couple minutes, you know, no more than five to ten minutes. You know, get your jammies on, brush your teeth. cutting uh, on an age of a child, sometimes bath time is in there somewhere. Uh, go to the bathroom, go to bed. Maybe have a nap, a bedtime story or a prayer. But I think you need to move through it quicker. It just seems heavy and like it's taking too long. So pe- it's just a chore. So what are you doing that is making bedtime routine a chore? What can, And I'm saying this to everybody, to look at your process and go, what can we eliminate and how could we reduce the time invested in this so that bedtime is pleasant? And whenever you know, whenever you've got something that's showing up as a pattern, like it always ends with going potty and then the child running around, switch it up. Don't do the predictable. Do the potty first. And you just got to keep moving kids along and not let their stressful energy take over. feels like this child is just getting a lot of attention from this and you need to tell them they're, you know, you just got to, without getting upset, that's the key. If you can just manage to keep it, stay firm in your, this is what's next, this is what's next, and not respond to their their, what they're trying to provoke you. And if they've been successful in provoking you in the past, they know that um, not that they're willingly trying to do that again. It's just become a pattern, kind of an energetic emotional dance between the parent and child that you need to create a new experience with. So, I think the takeaway from this is my primarily asking yourself the question: What are we doing that's making this a chore? What can we eliminate? How, <clears throat> excuse me. How can we reduce the time invested in the preparation so that it's just sort of a no big deal? It's just what you do. It's a part of it's a part of life maintenance. See, something children and I do agree that. Just because a child has different natures or different types, every human being, we are each capable of learning how to successfully handle the maintenance tasks of life, good hygiene, good uh, physical care for ourselves, how to manage our space so that it's kept tidy and neat. You know, and you're inviting your children to do that. You're giving it value. This is why we do this because it's just good human development. It's good child development. And then you try and honor their child's type to a certain degree in those processes. Get so extreme in honoring their type that you've lost sight of what's the core value here is we just need to learn to do some things. As we skew it to your type to support you in doing it naturally, so you support a child in being able to naturally bring themselves to the task, how would they naturally approach that life process? Going to bed, taking care of your body, all the various things that we do, taking care of your space, you're guiding them in that you're teaching them you're you're giving teaching them values you're helping them develop I believe what are innate values in all human beings. I think when people are honored and loved, they want to take care of themselves. they want their space to be enjoyable and managed successfully. They want to be successful in their endeavors in life. It's just then as you nurture them to do it true to their type uh. I do think it's valuable to teach children how to invest themselves in getting ready for bed, and this is just something we do in life, and so you're really going to, you know, you're going to do it being grumpy and upset, or you're going to do it happy, but we're going to do this, because it's just what we do. I've got my first caller. Beth is on the line.
1: Hi, Beth. Hi, Beth. I mean, I mean, hi, Carol. This is hi. Beth. Um. I'm a type three mom, and I have a type four, or five-year-old son who I adore. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I have plenty of time for him to communicate with me. Although I have found that that's been an issue lately. He doesn't like to communicate about how he feels, and yet there have been two extreme situations that have happened recently um, where that would have been really beneficial to know how he was feeling. He, I took him in for a checkup for you know, his dental work and um, to find out that he um, needed some extensive dental work done and that he had been having some pain that I didn't, I was not aware of. And then okay. um, he, and then he didn't, um, he didn't share that with you. Yes. And then um, he expressed to his um, sister, my stomach hurts all the time. And I'm thinking, what? You know, this was later on. But recently, and I'm thinking, what's going on? You know, your stomach hurts all the time. Why wouldn't you say this to me? So um, it turns out he has an allergy to milk. And so that would have been nice to know too. But um, I'm lately trying to clear his body of, of the dairy, which he ate a lot of previously. And I'm asking him, you know, I take him aside and I ask him between one in five, how are you feeling? One, you feel great, and five, you feel, you know, awful, you know, and he does not like to be asked that question. He doesn't want to talk about how he's feeling, and mm-hmm. also, I'd like to know um, when, when we're making this transition, we've been doing this for two weeks now, he feels like he's disappointed in what he can't have, and he is amazing at not eating what he shouldn't eat. I mean, he's so great about it. I can't believe it for a five-year-old. He's been fantastic, but um, he feels disappointed about it, and I'd like the energy to be positive about what he can eat. So what what's your advice?
0: Well, my sense is um, the main reason he's not sharing his feelings with you is he feels rushed. He feels rushed mm-hmm. to give you this feedback, and it's shutting him okay. down. As your okay. energy okay. is more urgent. There's an urgency to it. There's a the fact sure. that you're pulling it aside and saying, okay, tell me right now, between one and five, what number are you at? Okay. It's just urgent. Yeah. It feels rushed, and he shuts down. It's not that he doesn't want to. I don't think he's tapping. I'm not. It's just like a mechanism goes off in him where it's like it's not coming out. It can't come out because he doesn't feel safe. He doesn't feel
2: it's allowed.
0: Mm-hmm. And the question mm-hmm. I would ask him, but I wouldn't do it, just I would I would set up a time to have some private time with him, maybe go on an outing yeah. with him. And I would ask him the sure. question, are you nervous to tell me how you feel?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Or uh, do you feel like I rush you? Mm-hmm. Do okay. you feel, I get to more, because if you're a type 3, you've been rushing your kids. let's just every yeah. type 3 mom does this without knowing they're doing it. It's like your lifestyle sure. is to rush and everything's urgent.
1: And with my concern for him, that would put urgency on it also. So that makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, so he is not like, it's just you're shutting him down. You're energetically mm-hmm. shutting him down the way you're going about it. And so he's talking okay. to people that are just there, you know, so apparently he wants to share. <laughs> mm-hmm. If he goes to his sister, what that's saying is she's not, she's a, there's an open space for him to share it with her. Yeah, she's
1: a type it's two. Just, <laughs>
0: yeah. And yeah. then... Mm-hmm. What was the last second part of your question?
1: Oh, uh, maintaining a positive atmosphere about what he can eat, you know, because oh. he has taken all dairy, you know, all the products out of his are diet. You,
0: are you, have, so you have dairy in your house? you have, like, do you just buy the cheese, regular dairy yogurt. at the grocery store? Um, we do you buy, just buy the regular milk? Do you buy, like?
1: We don't buy milk. We haven't, we haven't been milk drinkers. So okay. it's just like butter, cheese, yogurt, stuff like that.
0: Okay. Um, are people, other family
1: members, consuming a lot of that? Um, It's just we're eliminating all of it. So if butter's in there, then we're not giving it to him or we're giving him alternatives. But we're trying to do as much as possible that everyone's eating the same thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think that'll just take care of itself. Really, I mean, okay. it's not like okay. butter's a big staple. You know, it's although yeah, I I eat butter over margarine. You know, just because coconut yeah. oil becomes your next best friend. See,
1: it <laughs> is. It is. That's, that's what it, that's he's consuming. Substitute. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I would choose that a lot. Of, you know, that's just a personal choice I have. But it feels like that will just kind of take care of itself. And it, again. Yeah, for the type four, anytime you're putting any energy on something, giving it emphasis, like they can get annoyed by that. They back off. Okay. It's just like, hey, okay, let's just, let's just leave this alone, you know? Just like, okay. it's just getting annoying. <laughs> now you're making too yeah, much Yeah, don't of give this. it and attention. Now, awesome. Now it's drawing okay. attention to me, and now I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm.
1: it's not that okay. big of a deal. <laughs> So. This has been so helpful. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah,
0: thanks for calling in. Okay. Uh-huh. Bye. My next caller, Jennifer, is on the show. Hi, Jennifer. Hi.
2: Um, I just Can have a you with? about um, my kids' bedtime routine. Um, I have a four-year-old type one girl and a two-year-old, I think she's a type three girl. Um, my three-year-old or sorry, my two-year-old, who's a type three, does not stay in bed. Um, I've tried multiple things, like we've we've put her in a pack-and-play, like if you get out of bed, okay, you have to sleep in the pack-and-play now. Um, We've tried, like, reward systems, and it always starts out really great, and she's like, okay, I'm going to stay in my bed, and it's a really good bedtime, but then she just gets up, like, 20 times, like, a ridiculous amount, and I don't... Well,
0: my my daughter... This, this was my daughter's trick. Her um, second child is a type three. And Joseph, at around the same age, well, the first thing they did, there was a whole, she she basically removed all his options. Um, he would take every his jammies off, get out of bed. He'd come out, you know. So she put his sleeper on backwards so he couldn't get the sleep, the zipper. So there was one. He couldn't undo that. She took all the toys out of his room. Um, He was still in a crib at the time, and he had capabilities to climb out of it, so that wasn't, you know, so everything, she had a chest, and she'd pull it out into the hall. She switched the lock on the door so it locked on the other side so she could lock the door.
2: She basically
0: Uh put him in a room with a crib, nothing to do, and he couldn't get out. Of the room, and he couldn't take his sleeper or diaper off because he hadn't been potty trained yet. And she took away every variable every variable he could, and he went. And sometimes he might fall asleep on the floor, and they pick him up, put him back in bed, but he would go to bed. He knew he there were no options. She removed hmm. every option. I thought it was ingenious. I,
2: I think I think that's a good idea. I wish sure I could do that. I don't have the space. Were.
0: Well, you know, do you need to, the thing is, in order to teach a child like this, that you're going to bet there's not another option here. She had Mm -hmm. to take severe measures in Uh order to then get through this phase or deal with the stress of it, see, till they get old enough that they're now more in a mind of reason to work with them where this child is not, they're too young. You can't reason with this child. It doesn't get very far with a type three. If they've got options and they're going to go for them. So maybe you have maybe to that's alter the some things for a few months. Maybe you got to rearrange things for a few months. See what I'm saying? You've got to be willing, because those are your choices when you have a type three child that's so determined. Uh-huh. is I got to, it's just, this is the way it's going to look and it's going to be stressful until they get a little older or I'm going to just remove all their options so they don't have those choices. That's what Jenny how, did. How and would it I do that really, if I really have, well?
2: Oh, sorry. Um, I ha- All three of my kids are sleeping in the same room right now. So how would I?
0: Do you only have two bedrooms?
2: We have three bedrooms, but the other, we moved, we were planning on, we were building a house and had bought everything, and then that didn't work out. So we moved to a smaller condo. So we kind of have storage stuff, and we're going through getting rid of things. But the third bedroom currently is like my craft room, storage room,
0: extras. You put
2: the other two, you put furniture. the other two kids in <laughs> there.
0: <laughs> yeah. I you guess that's I'm maybe saying, what I I'm could just, do. Yeah. I'm kind I just laying the landscape out for you, saying that long as this child has some, at this age, and I don't know Uh how long, and Jenny had to do this for about, you know, it was less than six months. Okay. Because they were able to just now teach Joseph, it's bedtime, and this is what it looks like. It means there's not a toy in your room. The door will be locked. There's you in your bed. That's it. Okay. Okay. If he's a oh, okay. real he's a he's a type three that got uh, very willful, you know. Great kid. Yeah. He's, yeah. She's done things so not. She's she's been smart to say, "I'm tired of disciplining this little boy. I've got to set it up so it removes the variable that I'm then disciplining
2: him for." Okay. That makes sense because she is very okay. like strong-willed which is what makes me yeah. think that she is a three.
0: I remember we were visiting one time. He's almost six now. And the bedtime routine was funny because it's like, Jammie's on backwards, zip him up, stuff out of the room. <laughs> and I'm like, there's nothing in his room but his bed. Can't and like, we're do locking, the, locking the door and good night. <laughs> <laughs> and he went to bed. <laughs>
2: I'll need to try that. Um, the yeah. other question I have is my older child, a girl type one, um, and well with the younger one too, like with the routines for bed. I've tried like and I'm also a type one, so routines aren't really our thing, obviously, but I'm trying you still kinda have to have a bedtime routine. Like there's things there's just yeah. things that you have to do, like jam these right. brush your teeth. So I I'm trying to figure out how to make it be like a random routine, I guess, for the type one. Because if I'm like, okay, this is the order that we need to do things in, then she's just like, ah, and she just gets stressed, or she just goes and plays and doesn't listen. So I'm like, yeah, I, I, mean, don't, no, I don't oh, know I how to make it I random.
1: Or,
0: um. I'd be a little more uh, willing to not make it so strict on yourself either as a parent, as a type one. I mean, if your child goes to bed once a week or twice a week without brushing their teeth, it's not like huge. It's just, you know, you just, you've got to be willing. You've got to, both high energy kids, they're young. Uh, don't get yourself too overwhelmed by it, it needs to look a certain way in order to feel like you're being a good parent. There may be some nights they fall asleep in their clothes. Who cares? You know, <laughs> it's not a big deal. You got to lighten up on yourself so that as they mature, then routines become a little easier. But the ages they are, they are now, uh, you've got a lot of movement to try and get these yeah. kids focused. And so you kind of check in with yourself and say, what am I up to tonight? What, what am I capable of pulling off? And then you go with that, because if you're not up to it, and you just aren't into it, and you're going to be more, your line is much closer to crossing that line to getting upset or grumpy. That's going to uh-huh. mean more than the routine or certain tasks happen. Is your mood? Your mood will affect them more than them skipping. You know, I'm, I just, I can't do the whole deal. You know, I, the brushing the teeth, the bat, the pub, the duh. I'm not I'm not up to it. To yeah. Me. Don't do it, yeah, make that your measurement, make that your indicator of how bedtime's gonna look because it's more important that you help your children and assist them going to bed in a pleasant yeah. frame of you know being pleasant and being a really balanced parent than their yeah. routine and being grouchy doing them
2: okay, that really is fine that's one of the what I I've been really struggling best. with. <laughs>
0: that's the best thing I've said on this podcast today is to say that should be every parent's guide. That's the first. routine. <laughs> yeah, that determines the routine is how am I feeling? What am I up for? What can well, I thank do? to know oh, I'm going to stay consistently pleasant through the process. So, Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you. Bye. So with that in mind, I've got a couple more questions that I want to hang on here my studio board here is okay let's get a couple more questions in but I think that's just our takeaway today right there what uh what are you up for what's bedtime going to look because a lot of times it's your own attitude that will create the challenge that keeps presenting because you're worn out, you're tired, and you're tired of the same stressors. So what do you got to do different? How can you, you know, what can you do differently the days you need to just do less because you're just not up for every piece and part of it. This mom writes in, my four-year-old daughter is a type one. She's bubbly and fun and always moving. I'm a type two. Her constant movement really wears me out. Thank you for writing The Child Whisper because it has helped me accept her beautiful gifts for what they are. And let, her bring me, and let her bring me happiness. She has always had a hard time sleeping. And I start to get anxiety about bedtime around 6 p.m. after dinner. We've worked many years on a routine that seems to get her to sleep by 8.30 p.m. But she always wakes up at least w- once in the night. I've read books and tried different techniques. Nothing has changed. I can feel her energy buzzing around me and I try my best to get, be patient. And remember all things she has to do before she goes to sleep. She gets a warm bath, lavender oil, her teeth brush, vitamins, and three or four long stories. Even after this, she is still wired and ready to run a race. It can sometimes take three hours to get her down for sleep, and then there's no time for me to have some alone time. I also have a six-month-old, but I haven't figured out her energy type yet. Between the two of them, I am up most of the night. I am so tired. How can I guide her? Is this a common problem with type 1 kids? Will she ever grow out of it? She is, let's see... My she's a four year old, so she's capable of playing by herself. Okay, so I'm gonna invite you. But you know what? She just may have this level of energy. And so she's not gonna wind down till 8 30. But if you're starting to think about bedtime at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., that's way too long of a bedtime routine. You know, again, what can you do in ten minutes that are the essentials within that hour and a half, you know, just say, Okay, ready for bed. And now maybe she gets to go play and just run her energy out and you don't have to be a part of that. You step out of now that she's just not ready to go to bed. But what can she do independent of you in her bedroom that you can now have some quiet time without her being asleep? But the fact that you're a part of this, what's become a routine, from what I'm reading here, is at least 60 to 90 minutes in the process. I wouldn't want to be a part of that if I were the child. I am like, you know, this is just too much time given to bed, getting ready for bed. I recall when I was um, actively in my children's assisting them, you know, when they were little, maybe it was my type 3, but the actual routine part as far as what do we do before we go to bed that, again, teaches healthy lifestyle habits caring for your body, maybe some connection time with a parent, reading a story, uh, saying a prayer. It didn't last long. It was never more than 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. You know, it was just a short time frame. But apparently this child's just not ready to go to sleep yet. What can she do, independent of you, that in her room, that she can then just go to sleep by if she's by 8.30, if that seems to be when she runs runs out, her energy runs out, you can just then have her go to bed at 8.30. Go back in the room and say, all right, or have a timer on or something. It's 8.30, time to get in bed. Or she just does that herself when the timer goes off. Uh, the fact that you're reading three to four long stories, see? The fact, long stories, type ones. you know, again... That's all keeping yourself involved and her involved in a process that's much longer than it needs to be. So three to four long stories needs to be one or two short stories. Next question, I'm a type two. My question is about my son and his sleeping habits. Is it normal for for a type three child to still be waking up every two hours at 15 months old? He still sleeps with us because when we put him in his crib, he screams bloody murder. And if we left him, it would go on forever until he passed out from a lack of oxygen. I tried doing a modified version of the cry it out method, but it goes on for hours and I'm so exhausted. So I bring him back in bed. He seems fine during the day. People don't believe that he's so difficult at night. We took him to a chiropractor to see if it was a reflex reflex issue, but he hasn't spit up for a long time. And this pattern continues at night. I would love a solution or technique, but most of all, I just want to know if this is something you see in type 3 kids. It will help me to understand a bit more. And if it isn't typical, then I will try another avenue to help him and us sleep better at night. Uh, a couple of years back, I did a podcast on co-sleeping. And as a type 3 parent, that's not my thing. I would I would never choose that. And I don't. I gave feedback on the different types of children. And why some, it might be favorable for a certain period of time. But the fact that your child is, you say he's a type, 15 months old, a lot of people in a bed. They have him sleeping with you. And you're a type 2, a 2-4, two so you, you'd you be more inclined. But I think there's an energetic uh, connection you need to He's crying it out because you've created a you're, you've created this in a way. You've created this dilemma because you've had him in your energetic space. So he thinks it's almost like he has a neurological association with being in your energy field in order to sleep. But it's interfering. And for him to be waking up every two hours, I don't think any child, any type of child, that's normal be waking up every two hours at 15 months old I think there's just too much going on around him and it just gets his attention to be alert to it awake to it and so your energy see you've got to create a help him create a new pattern of him being in his own space to sleep maybe that looks like do a grad a gradual shift here you put him in a porta crib or put the crib in your room so now he's still in your vicinity but not in your bed. Then you get him used to, you know, shift into that, then shift him to his own bedroom. But it's just he has an association with sleep being with you and you're needing to create a new pattern. I'd give him a spinal flush when Maybe you need to sit in the room till he goes to sleep so you're still there. You do, you know, What can you do to kind of... It's like weaning him. You need to wean him off this association of being in your bed, your energetic spinal flush is just flushing down the back of the spinal column from the top of the neck off the tailbone three, four, five times. Learning some energy tapping to help reset his energy To be independent of your energy and while he's asleep so those are my suggestions for that another question about a child wanting to sleep with parents i'm a type 3 mom my type 1 daughter is four years old our conflicts at night she started coming into our bed around midnight or 3 a.m my husband lets her but now she wants to come in earlier around 9 p.m my 20-month-old daughter is in her room with her. And when I tell my four-year-old, no, it's too early to come to our bed. She cries like crazy and wakes the baby up. She behaves insanely if I insist she must go to her room. I'm sad, exhausted, and clueless about what strategy to follow. Her dad loves sleeping with her, so I decided to lose the battle when she arrives after midnight. But 9 p.m. seems too early. Can I even have a few hours on my own? Any ideas or insights will help. Thank you. I'm just not a big fan of kids sleeping in their parents' beds. Uh, I just think it's, that's just, I mean, we never did that. I feel that's a personal space. And energetically, we are within each other's, eight feet of each other. We need to reset energetically. Our personal energy system and our ARIC field needs to be independent of other people. It needs to have some Alone time, some time to recenter, reset itself. Because otherwise, we start to associate subconsciously that I have to be in your space for certain things to play out, certain functions to transpire, like sleeping. So it's energetically more supportive to your energetic health to have some space. In fact, even for parents, my husband and I will sleep at times in different beds because we can just feel that our energy needs our private time, our space. If you have a large bed, like a king bed, that can be achieved if you're more independent sleepers. So there, you know, don't let sleeping be the indicator of how close you are as couples and family. When you're asleep, a lot of things are getting restored. Your REM state is in process. And this child, it needs to go into a deeper sleep state. And there's some apps that you can purchase or even get for free that help stimulate a delta state of sleep because you go from beta, alpha, theta, delta. And if a child's waking up, they're not hitting their delta range to the degree they need to. And I might, you could look into some sleep Assist apps and mechanisms that play tones, or because your brain responds to sound and it's brainwave states. And what are you doing prior to this child going to bed? Are you helping their energy run out, or is it getting invigorated? And that's important to look at with type 1 children. If you're invigorating your child's energy rather than letting them show you how they kind of wind it down, less social interaction. That's why I suggested for the other mom, let her child play alone because as long as there's a social interaction, that's invigorating. But playing alone can help wind her energy down. So consider that feedback in the decisions you're making and be. it may just be that nobody wants Take the child back to their bed, and so there's some in all, helping a child learn a new habit, a new pattern. There's some a period of just inconvenience that you have to go through till you've reset it, and that looks like getting up and taking the child back to bed. Thanks for everybody's questions today, and remember that. Indicator of what am I up to and what can the, what does the routine need to look at like based on what am I in the mood for to make that part of your measurement so that you stay pleasant and balanced, stress-free during the bedtime routine. I had a great post posted on the Child Whisper blog by my contributing writer, Kathy West. She authored a post called The Unintended Lesson in You Get What You Get. We've had a lot of comments on that post, a lot of insight shared. Check that out at the childwhisper.com website. Click on the blog on that website and you'll read this newest post. It's really delightful. And then on the Carol blog, are you in search of a transfer? transformation, but settling for a makeover. It's a new post that's just gone up on the Carol blog that I invite you to read and kind of reconsider for yourself what you're accepting or is what you think is possible for your own expression of who you are, both inner and outwardly as a woman. And remember to like us on Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash the child whisperer. And again, next week, I'm looking forward to my tune in next week. I've got some fun things happening and make it a fabulous week. You are creating a wonderful week with your amazing family. It's Monday at the time of this live podcast. Everybody join me in that intention. I am creating a wonderful week with my amazing family. I'll be excited to see what shows up. That is a witness Thanks for joining me today on the Child Whisperer Podcast. I'll talk to you next week. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer, and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.